May I have your attention, please? Welcome to the Life in Tech podcast with Jay and Saad, where every week they will be sharing their experiences, insights, and opinions about working in the technology industry. Simply the best. <laughs> We're back again for another episode of the Life in Tech podcast with Jay and Saad. And today's episode is going to be around a very interesting topic for both of us. It's going to be around LinkedIn and how we feel about LinkedIn. Is it useful? Is it not useful? Is it toxic? Is it pure? I guess we're going to find out in this in this discussion. We might, if we find anything, we might be able to actually kind of discuss a few kind of posts um, if they're not too kind of sensitive, etc. as well. And that we kind of commonly see on the platform. I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with LinkedIn. LinkedIn used to be, I would say back in the day when LinkedIn first emerged, it was a great way to just like have your CV digitized and just, you know, this is me, this is what I've done and and just that's it, right? And then if you wanted to kind of post like an achievement or whatever, like you could do that and it was quite, you know, quite organic, quite natural. Now I feel as though LinkedIn has like become this place where it's just like everyone's just bragging. Like it's just about like, how can you show that you're better than the next person? Like it's just become like an extremely competitive landscape where it's not a source of information so to speak anymore like i feel like back in the day i used to like go to linkedin because like people were starting to kind of write articles and kind of share knowledge and this kind of stuff like and kind of share kind of case studies and things but now it just seems more like people will just want to perceive themselves as being some sort of industry expert right or they want to kind of trample on like the achievement of somebody else or or the success of somebody else or the opinion of somebody else and i, I just feel like it's become very kind of distracting it's become more like a social media site where you see tons of trolls like commenting on like instagram posts and things like that like you see the same thing on linkedin now and i feel like it's becoming more toxic and doing more bad than good and the kind of reason i say that is that i feel like it skews the perception of like various different industries the ux community on linkedin like in particular like i've got like a bit of a kind of marmite reaction like you're either gonna love the ux community or you're gonna hate the ux community because there's so critical on like everything that mentions the word or the hashtag UX and it's like oh that's not true UX because of ABCD law or that's not true UX because this person did a case study back in the day on on mobile interfaces and you know that is the scripture so to speak you know we all have to follow and we can never change it and it's like technology evolves right like people in particular who use the technology evolve and change and their behaviors and customs and how they engage with technology changes and I feel like the general consensus and opinion that I seem to see on LinkedIn from the US community is that we have laws and methodologies in place and we cannot adapt. We have to stick to these things. And I find that extremely kind of toxic and kind of detrimental to the growth of the community and the industry because we're not as accepting of that. So if anyone new coming into the industry is kind of seeing posts like this or seeing people's reactions in the comments to kind of posts that go against the standards or the status quo, what image or how does that represent the industry kind of as a whole, right? Like would that encourage somebody to kind of step into the world of user experience and design or would that make them think oh wow like these guys are you know these guys are very kind of critical or they seem to kind of really like know their stuff like quote unquote and you know maybe if I step into this arena I'm going to be that imposter and you know I'm not worthy enough to kind of even you know rub shoulders with these people right because they're way beyond like my knowledge set so I, I don't feel like it creates a very inviting place and that's something that I'm kind of really kind of struggling with with LinkedIn because I feel like it used to be a place where you know it was heavily more people sharing ideas advice supporting 
one another after calls that kind of stuff but now it's very much like i'm better than you or i know more than you you do and if you go against like the grain of the general population then you're the odd one out and you're going to get kind of ostracized and if you have a kind of a different perspective or a different view like people will kind of jump on you and i just don't like that and there's also like there's a second part of this which is like around it's a term being thrown around called like gatekeepers and these are like gatekeepers in engineering products kind of ux and design and like the gatekeepers hate using the word gatekeepers right they hate being like described as gatekeepers but their actions are descriptive of what a gatekeeper does right like they're trying to kind of hold down the traditional like values of how things were and kind of keep things as they were right and not allow things to evolve and like we can kind of go kind of more into this probably kind of later on but that's that's my two cents on how i feel about linkedin in the summary but if we want to kind of dig deeper into anything we can do that as well but i'm interested to kind of get your take on this side as well like, like how do you feel about linkedin do you feel like it's changed do you feel like it's it's for the good or, or for the i guess the bad I guess. straight off the bat it's a platform that has created unrealistic expectations in the work environment mm. straight off the bat and this is to echo what you said mm. about everyone now is some sort of guru mm. everyone's some sort of influencer and all of these things and i think what this does is for the newer newer generation that come in and have a look at the the platform and or and want to see what type of roles they can you know reach and what type of um skill sets they can achieve this sets a massive expectation on particular roles which actually in reality might not need that much expectation in the very beginning right so straight off the bat i think that is not a good thing mm. and it's a platform that has given complete freedom for voice of opinion and i think voice having your opinion is is fine and it's great but not everybody knows how to channel or how to convey opinions in the correct way mm -hmm. and i feel like with the ease of access and the ease of posting and the ease of bloating out your profile it's just caused this environment where the real ones are just muddled with the exaggerators mm -hmm. or whatever title or label you want to give them and i feel like it's quite annoying because nowadays if you're not on linkedin then you're, you're kind of cutting yourself short when it comes to the job market mm. right because i know some individuals that are not on linkedin mm. and they're still very big in the engineering community mm. they deliberately refuse to open a linkedin account mm. and if you think about back in the day when you used to take your physical cv and walk down the streets of london and and, and give them out or you know go and meet a recruiter in the, in their office mm -hmm. you didn't expose all the places where you worked and all of your skill set to the public and all of those things because everything was on your physical CV that you only exposed to potential hiring managers and mm. recruiters. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it was still very private, you know, whereas now LinkedIn is so public. Okay, you can make your profile private, but let's just for argument's sake, it's very public and your entire work history is exposed. Mm. You might have had some bad experiences in some of those mm. work environments in, the, in your career and, mm. and stuff like that. And everything's so public that it's kind of hard not to be either chasing somebody else who you quote unquote want to become like mm. or you being chased by others and that expectation being created that could literally be the wrong expectation of mm. what head of ux looks like mm. or what a vp of engineering looks like and stuff like that and it's just it's a difficult one because there's so many benefits of it for example my current role i found it through linkedin mm. literally mm. you know there's many benefits but there's also a lot of filtration that's required by the individual mm. in order for you to not have a toxic experience of the platform for example linkedin is seen as this beacon of positivity right mm -hmm. what i mean by that is you go on linkedin you see your 
your what do you call it your your news feed and you just see some sort of positive message that's completely unrelated to to what you do or even what the poster themselves do it's just there's some sort of quote-unquote positive message mm. but it's a very manipulative way because in actuality what the platform has done has allowed people to has promoted unhealthy behaviors mm. right so they're using a platform which has become so accessible mm. to promoting unhealthy behaviors what i mean by that is allowing anyone to post you know without you know what annoys me a lot about the the whole media mm. platform not just linkedin just media in general yeah is that it's the only platform in the world it's the only industry in the world that doesn't require verification mm. what i mean by that is you submit an essay to your professor at uni mm. if you don't have your references there you failed right if i come to jay and say jay you know you should buy this this particular car and you say why i say oh because x y and z i drove it i did this i did that it's great on fuel there's a lot of everything like and you're going to go and verify that you're going to mm. test drive it yourself you're going to go and you're look at the stats you're going to look at the stats yourself or you know you're going to do your own verification mm. but the media platform is the only industry mm. that doesn't require any verification for particular things to be posted to the public and that's effectively a sublime lead in the blind as well because right. so you've got people who, who have zero experience or they're just copying content from somebody else and this is my reposting problem. it and then you've yeah. got the people who yeah. blindly just click like or they and, say oh in the comments oh i'm so sorry you went through this and, and then all of a sudden you see a comment saying actually this is not your post and they link the actual post and they're like this is an article from 2009 of some person in another country and you're just using that for your they just want the more likes they get and the more what is it called impressions impressions yeah that boosts your profile doesn't it mm. so then this begs the question what is the platform really about what is the platform really about if it's about you promoting your your brand right because ev essentially everyone's a brand mm. right you're branding yourself you're branding yourself to companies you're branding yourself to peers your brand your brand right now if the platform is allowing this non-verification posting then it begs the question what is the platform really about mm. right think about it it's the only medium mm. right the news sharing the the breaking news the the, the, pl the social platform that doesn't require verification mm. you know who knows there might be a team that's sitting in in the linkedin offices verifying all who knows but what i'm saying is is from face value mm. it seems like people are just posting as left right and center but also you can't verify yourself and you can't verify yourself so this is dangerous because we live in an age where it's just mass information mm. you can literally learn anything you want right now anything mm. because the information is there available to you mm. whereas our great grandmother and great grand they didn't have all of this information mm. so we're constantly constantly seeing so much information in one day that we can't filter through what is true and what is not we're also in a in a day and age now where online platforms like linkedin but let's speak about kind of linkedin specifically where the most engaging post becomes fact exactly right so if you put, if you if you put a statement out there and you put it in a way which is extremely kind of engaging or it's extremely thought-provoking so to speak yeah where you know it's going to get a reaction whatever you've stated becomes a fact because if the majority start clicking like 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 it pushes it forward and then all of a sudden you know everyone is using this as a rule like i feel like linkedin skews the excuse the information out there and it doesn't it doesn't kind of allow people to focus on the crafts themselves and experience learnings that are going to kind of progress their their own skill set but also the industry right so if i take like an example one thing i love about engineering yeah is that engineering is a very progressive industry the fact that you're always kind of evolving the 
the languages that are being used, always having to kind of upskill and learn different practices because you're evolving the technology and the industry in itself. With user experience, there are people that were in the game from, say, the very beginning, yeah, so to speak, uh, whenever that was. So they want to keep things as they were, like in the late 90s, early 2000s, in terms of like, this is what we, we learned about experiences online. And this is our kind of gospel or scripture, whatever it is. And we want to, everything that's done today in 2022 and beyond has to remain within that, that guideline. Now, how, from a UX standpoint, like how are we meant to kind of evolve and kind of progress if our engineering and product counterparts are, are pushing forwards, right? And you are challenging the status quo and you are trying to push your, your standards beyond what they were like 10 years ago. And you are trying to kind of evolve your kind of documentation, et cetera. Like effectively, we're going to be kind of left behind as an industry, right? Or we're going to become further and further behind as things go on. And there seems to be like a few kind of people out there who have been in the industry long enough where they've got a bit of weight and a lot of people are starting to kind of gravitate and towards kind of their opinion. But I feel like it kind of creates a very kind of unprogressive kind of society. And I feel like people people agree to particular posts of things that they see if they see that it's popular. So I'm not sure if it's also kind of a true representation of how people feel, right? So if someone puts like a statement out there, you know, kind of saying that kind of every, every UX team must do six months of discovery in order to be effective. If that gets like a few thousand likes or responses, other people in the US industry is like, wow, like I'm not doing six months of discovery work with customers. But if a few thousand other people agree with this person who has written a book about UX, then you know, that must be right. So I'm going to like that too. And now my opinion is now we have to do six months of discovery. So then they go back into their teams and they're doing, they're saying to their bosses, we need to do six months of research before we can launch any product. That's wrong, right? Because from a kind of UX standpoint, you have to adapt your methodologies, your approaches and how you engage your customers based on what the business objectives are, what their requirements are, but also like what your deadlines are, right? You need to kind of set some sort of boundaries in terms of like when you want to deliver certain things. So within those time boxings, you can achieve a certain amount of research, a certain amount of delivery standard before you can actually kind of launch and test something. So you have to be kind of adaptive to your own process and your process in itself also has to be agile and flexible. So I see posts like this all the time where people just make generalized statements and everyone just agrees because they're popular. And I see that a lot on LinkedIn. I feel like that is kind of something which is kind of holding the kind of, I'm speaking specifically from design perspective, like the design industry back um, because we're not, we're not evolving. We're not having discussions that are like, hey, yes, we know that these were the methodologies like back in like the 2000s when internet was like starting to boom from the e-commerce era and blog era, whatever. Yes, we learned a ton of stuff there, but it doesn't mean we have to do things in the same way as we did 20 years ago mm. because the way people use the internet is completely different now. Of course. Right, so I feel like this is kind of constant battle between kind of people who I would call like progressives and people who would fall in the category of like preservers, right? Where they're trying to kind of preserve what was. And I feel like there's a bit of a kind of clash and it, it kind of also goes into kind of tenure as well. So there's a lot in, in engineering products design where like people like in order to be a senior, you have to have minimum um, like seven to 10 years experience. And we clearly To be know, considered yeah. a senior designer, engineer, product person. And we know that- That's wrong. Yeah, it's completely wrong because we know that duration of work history doesn't amount to skill set. Mm. We know that. Like this is clearly noticeable. Mm. It's clearly known. And it's because, you know, as you said, there's a group of people that don't want to be progressive. They don't want to keep up with the industry. They don't want to move in a particular direction. And that can, my opinion is that because they they have this fear of mm. being, you know, washed out mm. and left out. Mm. And there might be this, this whole new generation mm. that are now got this new energy and have mm -hmm. this these new ideas and have these new methodologies in doing things mm. 
And these uh, quote unquote old timers have this fear of being left out. It's true. Like if you think about it this way, uh, when like the internet was kind of maturing, yeah, like late nineties, early two thousands, a lot of the people who were being employed as web designers or web developers at the time, yeah, they they were already adults, yeah, so they already experienced a certain like I guess kind of part of their life, and then in adulthoods picked up a new skill, kind of like dove into this um, kind of web stuff, and kind of were some of the first people to kind of experience like building the web. Great, but now there's a whole new. There's been several generations since now where they've grown up with the web and with the technology, so they're going to have different views, different perspectives, right? Like it's native to them. So when they now decide that they want to be developers and they want to be designers, they're coming with a completely different attitude. They're more comfortable with certain things, right? They they've grown up with it. Their peers have grown up with it. The younger generations who were designing for the next kind of billion people or whatever who's going to be using the internet and stuff, like obviously they're a lot closer to the future markets than the older generation in the kind of UX and kind of engineering communities. And the kind of reason I say that is because, like I said, they've grown up with it. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have different attitudes yeah. and different perspectives that they can kind of bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And with that comes different skill sets. Maybe they're not focused on just one thing. Maybe they are focused on design and engineering at the same time. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they are focused on UX and UI at the same time. Right. And their brains have been channeled and kind of set in a way where they can kind of apply great kind of UI um, kind of designs and also kind of go through rigorous um, kind of UX um, research and design practices to form kind of a product and then label themselves as a product designer. Right. Maybe they are capable of doing it. Right. And I feel like a lot of what I see on LinkedIn is there's no such thing as a product designer or there's no such thing as a hybrid person or full stack person who can do both UI and UX or UI, UX and research. So it's just opinions. Right, it's opinions, but because they're coming from people who have been in the game and they like to put this in their in their headers on LinkedIn as well, like UX designer since the 90s or UX designer since the early 2000s or early internet UX person. It's like, or early internet UX leader and things like this. And it's like, that's great, like telling us when when you entered the industry, like fantastic. But like, how have you helped the industry evolve, right? Like, And it just sounds how like- How can you not acknowledge that it's evolved in such a way that people can now more easily kind of adopt a further skill set, right? Where they understand the entire process a lot better and don't have to necessarily kind of focus on certain- But they don't sound like they're advocates towards their own industry. They just sound like they're bitter. Like it- It, it comes across that way. Right? It, that's what it sounds like to me, you explaining that. But I, I do want to ask you something. Mm. How do you feel about, because you spoke about titles, mm. putting in oh, yeah. putting certain information into titles. How do you feel about the people that put X, Google, X, mm. Amazon, X this and X that? Oh man, where do I start? So I understand why they're doing it. It's marketing, right? Of course. Like Google, like all of the fang companies, yeah. But I'm, everyone, but everyone it's not just knows. Now. It's not just fang anymore. Mm. I'm actually, <laughs> I saw, I saw one the other day it's like X some company I was like it's like a 10 person team yeah yeah what is that no one knows remote location yeah no one knows what that company is so it is marketing and I understand that obviously they're doing it because when a recruiter does a search for Mm. front end engineers in in a particular demographic Mm. you'll come up and then out of 10 you're the only one that's got X Amazon for example right but not knowing that if you actually clicked into some of those profiles you might find some other X Amazons Mm. in there but you just haven't clicked into the profile mm. so clearly it is marketing but i think it's ridiculous mm. because where your marketing should be mm. is not where you worked mm. your marketing shouldn't be around where you worked because you might have had a bad experience there or they might have had a bad experience with you that doesn't validate that you was a good contributor to that company yeah where your marketing should be is around what you know your skills your skill set what you as an individual how you bring value not where you used to work but because it spurs emotion it spurs like you see these names 
and yeah. and you because you're so familiar it's with mani- them. But it's manipulative. It is manipulative, but like that's that's why people are using it for for marketing purposes, right? right? But you're completely right. Like for instance, I've seen people with X this X that, right? Mm-hmm. Usually a fan company. Usually mm-hmm. when you kind of look at their experience, it's like okay, you were there for a year, or you were there for six months, or ten months, or whatever. Okay, fine, you're an X person at that at that company. But like, what did you contribute to the growth of that company or the impact of that company? Exactly. Making? What value did you add? Like, like what, that doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything at all. And it's very manipulative. And this is my problem with these platforms is that that's why I do prefer Twitter, by the way, mm. over all of the mm. social medias. I know there's some harsh opinions about Twitter as well, but I don't find a lot of this X stuff mm. and, you know, this over exaggerated marketing. I find real opinions from engineers that I like to follow, mm. right? Like core engineers, mm. some that don't even have LinkedIn profiles. That's why I use the platform, not because I want to just, you know, like someone's opinion about UX in mm. 1999, you know? <laughs> so it's it, it's unfortunate, but there is a benefit, mm. especially towards engineers mm. that LinkedIn has provided mm. that no other platform did provide in the past. And that's accessibility to work mm. and to getting yourself out there to be known in order to find work. Mm. And why I say this is because we have this culture of remote working, right? And especially towards the pandemic, there was a big involvement of remote working amongst the tech industry mm. and this allowed linkedin allowed people from other sides of the world to access jobs that are in some of the the well-known tech hubs mm. you know so like london and san francisco and berlin and so and so forth so it allowed them to access these jobs mm. that's a positive thing that's really good because it's allowing individuals that might not have a lot of work in the in the country that they live mm. uh, in the city that they live to find these high-paying jobs mm. that are going to value them for their skill set right it's a very positive thing but unfortunately the emotional posts Mm. and the dramatic posts and the x whatever profiles always get more traction Mm. and this now has made me think and question the credibility of the owners and maintainers of the platform Mm. because it seems like they are deliberately pushing these agendas right and these profiles whatever's popping and these these practices on their platform Mm. and when you do find a genuine post or a genuine idea or whatever that's that seems valuable it doesn't achieve as much traction mm. so it's unfortunate because there's a lot of benefits like for example you and i we post our podcast on there mm. you know and the majority of the people that i've worked with in the past and the majority of the people that i work with now if not all of them have a profile mm. and operate on linkedin so it's very unfortunate but i think you have to just constantly filter and also filter your thought process around it mm. like when you do see something don't jump to conclusions and start belittling anyone or fighting with someone in the comments because you need to first question and verify mm. whether that post is actually authentic or not mm. you need to do that self did it come from did it actually come from that person did it come from credible sources mm. this is very important like we we live on references and sources in the past like you couldn't say anything in your essay mm. or you couldn't put out any video or you couldn't put out anything if you didn't have credible sources mm. and now it's just like i can say what i want mm. i can quote what i want mm. and i can say so and so said this and mm. they didn't mm. because I know people are not going to verify it mm. and it's going to make me look so good recruiters are going to love me mm. and they're going to push me for all these profiles and another thing I want to mention about mm. recruiters because we know they're doing this not all recruiters because there are some very good ones mm. but we know that they're creating profiles some recruiters have been caught out about doing this mm. towards engineers creating the same profile mm. 10 times with different names <laughs> right mm. don't do things like that don't exploit mm. uh, the platform for your own gain and it's unfortunate because there's 
a lot of good that can come out of it and you just find a handful of individuals that ruin it for a lot of others mm. who are genuine and actually do want to use it as a way to brand themselves and genuine recruiters who are looking for genuine talent mm. you know and then you've got a handful of people who just do silly things to just tarnish it for the rest so that's my take on it is that I'm not worried about the posters mm. I'm thinking about the credibility of the platform itself mm. the maintainers of it mm. like why are they allowing certain things to be catching traction more than others you shouldn't mm. focus on the individuals how can you blame them if they're given that freedom mm. if they're given that platform mm. how can you blame them of course they're going to jump at the opportunity also there's a crowd mentality as well like people see that you know people gravitating towards a certain thing and they want to be seen as you know part of the group as well so they're going to start engaging more of that piece of content or whatever or if they see an opinion that's a very strong opinion and it's got a few likes attached onto it they're going to jump onto that so like that's why you know you see the popularity of kind of particular kind of posts whether or not they're valid or or not and it's so toxic because this psychology around liking mm. it's there's research about this mm. that when you see a notification when you see a like of something that you've posted that this can contribute towards validation mm. and narcissism mm. right and if you don't know how to process that mm. if that was your intention of posting to get validation to get the likes mm. as opposed to you actually care about the post that you've posted you believe in it mm-hmm. it's part of your morals it's part of your values mm-hmm. and you're just sharing it with the world but even if you don't get a single like mm-hmm. you still post it nowadays it doesn't seem like that it seems like people are just seeking out the, the attention mm-hmm. it's unfortunate yeah so that's my take on it how i feel about the platform i try to use it for its benefit if it wasn't a thing like if it wasn't popular mm. if it wasn't the go-to platform when it comes to work and mm. your whole branding and stuff like that and i probably wouldn't even use it to be honest mm. yeah it, it just seems to be the most uh popular so but yeah that's my take on it the credibility of the platform there's a big question mark on it mm. or the credibility of the information on the platform mm, yeah that mainly but mm. you always have to question also the maintainers because you it's your responsibility mm. if you are sharing something like that to the world Mm. remember this is not just to one country or to a certain industry this is available for everyone Mm. that can have access to the internet right it's your responsibility to filter and to keep people safe and kids can access this platform you know and it's dangerous Mm. so it's a big question mark for me on the credibility of the platform Mm. well what do you think let us know on the comments when you post this ironically on linkedin and kind of other kind of media channels we'd be really kind of interested to kind of hear your thoughts um, and experiences kind of using the platform do you think the long-term effectiveness of kind of LinkedIn is going to be for the positive or for the worse for the industries um, kind of you're in in tech? Um, we'd be very interested to kind of hear from your perspectives. Uh, but until next time, this has been the Life of Tech podcast with Jay and Saad and we'll see you on the next one. Take care, everyone.